Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Air Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Friday, January 21st, 2022. Kind of a special podcast today in wake of the news about Shaden Sharp, the UK basketball player, highly regarded basketball player. He's only been with the team for a couple of weeks. He's really was supposed to be in the class of 2023, uh, graduated from high school early, got enough credits to enroll at UK. He's considered the number one prospect out there right now. Uh, he has not played with Kentucky yet, uh, and there's question about whether he will play. I think the plan was for him not to play. He would be with the team next year and play next year. But word broke yesterday or stories broke yesterday that Sharp actually is going to be eligible for the 2022 NBA draft, and that affects Does it? what does that mean for Kentucky basketball? Will he be here next year? Could he possibly play if he is going to be gone at the end of the end of the season? Could he play this season? So I went to the expert on the subject, Ben Roberts, who covers UK basketball recruiting for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Uh, talked to Ben about the, the news that's broken here in the past couple of days. John Calipari's reaction today to that news when we got Cal at a Zoom. Uh, we talked about how this affects UK's recruiting move, moving forward. And we also talked some about the Kentucky-Auburn game tomorrow down at Auburn, where the number two Auburn Tigers play Kentucky. Kentucky ranked number 12 in a, in a really important and what should be a fun SEC game. So we talked about all those subjects. So let's get right to it. My conversation with Ben Roberts, the re- UK recruiting writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Ben Roberts, who covers UK recruiting, uh, specifically UK basketball recruiting for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How's it going, Ben? Good, John. How are you? Uh, It's good. It's been very busy the last couple of days. That's why we're doing this podcast, because the main subject, uh, obviously, Kentucky has a big basketball game Saturday at Auburn, but also a big subject of conversation, topic of conversation has been Shaden Sharp, uh, a couple of new developments in the past uh, couple of days. Uh, about whether he is eligible or not for the NBA draft. So was the thinking, Ben, that he wasn't going to be eligible, or was this always a possibility? Yeah, the the <laughs> it's kind of it's, it's kind of a complicated <laughs> situation. So the public thinking, and I think what most fans thought was that he he would not be eligible, uh, and and a of what we knew at the time, going back to October. Um, a, you know, a, a logical reading of the NBA's eligibility rule says that he would not be eligible. Uh, then kind of as time went on, even before Shaden got, uh, got to campus this month, and we, we actually touched on it in a story last month, um, you know, the, basically the crux of that rule, you got to be 19 in the draft year, which he will be. He turns 19 in late, late May. The other big one is you have to be one season, one NBA season removed from high school graduation. That's that's the phrasing of it. Um, there, you can you know you're getting into semantics when you talk about some of this, but at that point, the NBA season, as we thought then, had already started when Shaden technically graduated from high school. Over the past several weeks, it's kind of become known that um, he actually had the credits to be considered a high school graduate. But since he was planning on staying another year in high school, they just didn't designate him as such. Uh, and he had those credits before the start of the season. So that would seem to check the box of he's of NBA season removed from graduation, uh, kind of getting down in the weeds of, of the wording of this rule. 
Um, and you know, the report yesterday didn't didn't strictly say he's eligible. It said he can apply for early entry, which obviously, I mean, any, I can apply for early entry. Anybody can apply for early entry, but the context of it is that um, behind the scenes, everybody thinks that when he applies for early entry, he's going to be granted early entry. And it's, you know, the, these rules were kind of set up. They, they didn't want the floodgates to open of, you know, we saw, you know, 20 years ago, uh, you know, a, a large number of, of high school players, of players that obviously weren't ready for the league and mostly players that the league hadn't seen, you know, these, these GMs and scouts, they didn't know anything about these guys. So you're taking a major, major risk by using a first round draft pick on somebody who, Yes, you know, on the surface has the talent or the potential, but you don't, you haven't seen them play basketball. These guys have seen Shaden Sharp play basketball. They were allowed to go to the Peach Jam um, as like an extra uh, eval opportunity because of the pandemic. Um, so they saw him in person. They, in the minds of NBA scouts, Shaden Sharp is a top 10 draft pick in this year's draft if he goes and possibly as high as three or four or five or maybe even higher. Uh, depending on the team and 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 the fit, so um, he's going to be if he applies, when he applies, he's going to be granted early entry, and he, he's he's going to be allowed to enter the twenty twenty two draft. And now it's just kind of a matter of of does he and does he want to go that route? And we are type and we are recording this right after John Calipari's uh, Zoom session with the media, an abbreviated Zoom session. Yeah. Uh, I will say. Cal was late getting there, and then we only got it for, what, like six minutes, something like that. But anyway, yeah. uh, he was asked about what the Sharp situation where he basically said it doesn't change anything, and the plan is for him to be here next year. Uh, are we to take Cal at his word, or is that just what you – you just stick with the uh, what you've said before at this point? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's phrasing, and in a way it's probably some damage control. I mean – he plans to be here next season plans change. Uh, you know, that, that's what you say. If you're Cal, you know, and that's no knock on him. That's just what you say right now. That's what you say. If you're, if you're anybody, if you're any coach at Kentucky, if you're anybody, you know, affiliated with the program, if you're Shaden Sharp, you should say that if you're Shaden Sharp's camp, uh, you should, you should probably say that. Um, and, and that is what they're saying is, is that the plan is for him to be here next season. But, you know, I mean, looking back at the, the history of this and the history of John Calipari, if you're a guy who is going to be a five through ten pick or higher, John Calipari in the past has told you to go pro. Um, right. You know, no questions asked. Like you, he said, like, you have to convince me that why you need to come back. And maybe this is a little different situation because the original plan was for, for Shane to come in, you know, this semester and train with the team and get, get stronger and, and all that and then play next season. But, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're risking a lot of money to do that. Right. If, if, you know, it, it just going by what Calipari has always said in the past, and going by what what players at other you know you don't see the the projected number four pick in the NBA draft come back for a college you just don't see that right, uh, right now so yeah I mean I, I think it's it's fair to publicly say that the plan is that he'll be here next season but if you're a fan I I don't think you 
you should expect that at this point. Right. Okay. So if you're John Cal Perry and you know that there's probably a good chance he's going to, he's not going to be here next year. Do you go ahead and play him right now? Uh, Try to get him ready to accelerate the process and trying to get him ready to play. I mean, he's only been on campus for what, I think Cal said two weeks today. Is that is that accurate, I guess? Yeah, it's been a little more than that, but it hasn't been much more. And he hasn't really been practicing with the team for more than two weeks. And mm-hmm. it sounds like it sounds like even his practice time has been you know, he's not practicing the same way that the Ty Ty Washington or, or Kellen Grady are practicing. He's, right. Oscar Sheebway Yeah, Oscar Sheebway told us today he doesn't know the plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gushed yeah, all over the, him about how good he was <laughs> and how he helps practice, but he said he doesn't know the plays. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically out there as kind of an effort guy and he's he's still learning the ropes. And that's a big and we've talked about it before, and it's been, you know, we've talked it into the ground that, you know, people expect just because you're the number one recruit in the country that you can come in and, Oh, you should be able to play the Saturday after you get to campus and unpack your bags. And that's just not realistic when you're no. talking. I mean, they play Jabari Smith tomorrow. They're playing at Kansas right. and Allen Fieldhouse right. uh, eight days from now. You can't expect an 18 year old kid who has been right. from a basketball perspective, really doing nothing from, right. from October to January to, to get thrown into that environment, especially somebody with the future, uh, the projected future that he has, that's a, that's a disservice to him. And, and I do think Cal, you know, Cal said today the plan doesn't change. Um, and I think he was talking, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to get into his mind because right. the, the way everything was phrased. But I think he was talking about both next season, but more so this season and, and what his plan is for Shaden Sharp this season. And I, I completely believe, I, I don't think John Calipari is going to, you know, some I know some fans want, Shaden Sharp to play because if he's gone next season, well, you know, what good was he to Kentucky basketball? John Calipari doesn't think that way. Uh, John Calipari's not going to, he's not going to throw a kid into a situation that he doesn't think he's ready for uh, just to, you know, get something out of him for the sake of the program. And and he'll be the first to tell you that. And, And fans should know that by now going back to his, you know, greatest day in Kentucky basketball history comment from, from 2010, uh, you know, that's that's just the way he goes about it, and, and that's his player's first mentality, and I think that's that's the mentality that college coaches should have. Uh, so, yeah, he's not going to do that. And, you know, from the flip side, if, you know, if Cal doesn't think he's ready, then whose minutes you're going to you're gonna put him right. in over maybe on mints and crunch time against, you know, an SEC team? You're going to put him in over Grady or Wheeler, these guys who, who have been performing all season? Um, it just doesn't make – a whole lot of sense to play him unless he's just really tearing the doors down in practice and can give you 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of high level play against high level opponents. And by all accounts behind the scenes, he's, he's not there yet. Yeah. And you got, I mean, and two things there, I mean, from Cal's perspective, if you, if, uh, if, if he does try to rush him and put him in and he doesn't do well, you know, that could come back to bite him in recruiting. People say, look, look, yeah. he didn't handle Shaden Sharp very well. He didn't care about Shaden Sharp's long-term plan. He just cared about his team, and he tried to rush him back, and it didn't work. Uh, and then, okay, on the flip side of this, if you're Shaden Sharp, here's my next question. If you're Shaden Sharp, do you want to play right now? I mean, what if you do go out there, if you are eligible for the draft, what if you go out there, you're you're not really ready to play, and you, you – uh, you know, you don't play well, and could you hurt yeah. your draft standing? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, say you if you go from the fifth to the sixth pick, you're talking about almost two million dollars over three years. 
If you go from the fifth to the fifteenth pick, you're talking about a whole lot of money. Where you're, you know, you're still in the lottery range, but but you've lost ten million dollars because you played, you know, four games when you when you weren't ready to play. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know how likely a scenario that is that he would really drop that far. If NBA teams have seen him enough and and think he's think he's that great. Uh, maybe that doesn't hurt his stock as much as people think it might, but it certainly doesn't help. You know, I, if Shaden Sharp goes out there and plays against Vanderbilt, the expectation is going to be that Shaden Sharp should, you know, score 20 points. He should look like right. a possible number one pick in the NBA draft. And that's, that's not fair to him. And it's not a realistic expectation given the circumstances. Um, so, yeah, but you know, the other thing is if you're Shaden Sharp and you've played basketball your whole life and you love basketball and you, you breathe basketball, you want to play basketball. Like I'm sure Shaden Sharp wants to play basketball, right? but if I'm in Shaden Sharp's camp and I'm looking at all the numbers and you know, the scenarios and everything, I'm, you know, I'm sure somebody's in his ear saying it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And, and maybe he does, you know, maybe, maybe he does want to, go with the original plan and come back next season. And it's still, I just, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless he's really, really shown he's ready to play this season. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense from, from either side's perspective. No. And, and another thing too, I think to factor in is, I mean, they're playing, Kentucky's playing pretty well right now. And as you mentioned, they've got a pretty good three guard, four guard rotation going there with Grady, uh, you know, Ty Ty, severe and then Davion coming in off the bench do you want to mess with that I mean do you want to mess with the chemistry of the team I mean a big thing I think about this year's team has been unlike last year they got the summer workouts they got the regular preseason camp they got the you know confidence building games early on and we're starting to see that really show up in the way they are playing right now do you want to mess with that if you're John Calipari by sticking shade and sharp a guy who's only been here you know, if you say he's ready in two weeks, even a guy who's only been here a month, do you want to mess with that chemistry by putting him in there? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, three of the four guards you mentioned there, you know, you have a lot of experience with, with Grady and Wheeler, but they're still new to the team. They're still right. new to their teammates. And that's something that I think didn't get hammered home enough in the preseason is that just because Oscar Shibway and Xavier Wheeler and Kellen Grady have all these you know, college starts at a high level uh, on their resume, they didn't play with any of these other guys. It was a completely different setup, a completely different team, different coaching staff, completely different circumstances. And they did get the preseason together. But I think we're, we're, you know, we're really starting just to see that chemistry in the past couple weeks because Davion was out sick. Right. And I think it took him, you know, he was a leading scorer on last season's team. And he has to adjust to a new role, and he's sick, and he's just—I I think you know—he just really started to click, understandably, in, in the past couple weeks. Um, and now you know he's—he's he's finding his role within this team. Ty Ty Washington, especially when Severe was out, uh, I, I think you got to see a little bit more of of what he can be. Uh, Kellen. Again, completely different role from Davidson to Kentucky against a completely different level of competition. That's starting to click from hit for him over the past month. So, you know, it took a while, and there were circumstances with, with, with Davion being out and with Wheeler being out. And so now they're all kind of coming together. And, and yeah, you're, you're what, two weeks into that new dynamic, and, and you're going to gonna throw in a, a, another wrench into the situation. Right, right. Okay, let's move ahead. Okay, what does this do for – 
recruiting, for Kentucky's recruiting and what they've got next year. Let's say, okay, Sharp's not going to be here next year. He's going to go on and go pro. Whether he plays or not, you know, the rest of the year, he's going to go ahead and, and go and enter the draft. What, is this, what does this do for Kentucky? As far, what kind of place does this put them in for next season? Yeah, I mean, I think it completely changes the outlook of what we thought next season's team would be. And that's not to say, you know, Without Shaden Sharp, they're still a top twenty-five team. They might even still be a top ten team, depending on what they were, what they would get in the the transfer portal. But you don't have; they have a lot of really good players, a lot of really good pieces that fit into specific roles on next season's projected roster. But they don't have a Shaden Sharp. There's no, you know, there's nobody right now on paper who can step up and fill the role that we thought Shaden Sharp was going to be able to fill. And if you don't have that, you know, I think the expectation in a lot of people's minds is that they would be a legitimate national championship contender, if not the favorite going into the next season. Uh, But that roster doesn't have a catalyst for a a national championship team. Uh, Kaysan Wallace is going to be a really, really good college player, but I, I don't think he's the best player on a national championship uh, favorite the same for Chris Livingston or, or if Damian Collins clicks or if Jacob Toppin takes that next, next step in his development. So you got a lot of really good pieces. Um, but I don't think those pieces necessarily add up to, you know, preseason number one or preseason number five. And you don't have that one player who can carry you for, for six games in the tournament. If, if those pieces don't add up to a, a national title contender, uh, and there's nowhere to, you know, there's nowhere to find that player. Um, you know, I talked to Travis Branham at 24-7 Sports yesterday, and he he made the point that if Kentucky had fully known that this was a real, real possibility, uh, they they probably could have signed Nick Smith Jr., who's the number five player in the in the new 24-7 Sports rankings, would be the top player in Kentucky's class. If he, you know, he really wanted to come here, uh, we, we think, um, and he's that, he's He's one of the best scoring guards, if not the best scoring guard in the entire recruiting class. There's nobody left in this recruiting class who can do that. There's no logical players in the 2023 class who could reclassify and do that. Um, and with the transfer portal, you know, you're rolling the dice and you're, you're not going to find a shade and sharp in the portal. Uh, unless something just goes terribly wrong in another school. If there's a shade and sharp, he's going to the NBA draft. He's not going in the transfer portal and going to Kentucky. So, you know, they got really, I mean, they obviously did a great job and they did their due diligence in the, in the portal this past season, but they got really lucky that they got an Oscar Sheepway and then they were able to get, you know, a, a lot of really good role players who were stars on other teams to, to come in and play those roles. And they got really lucky that they got Ty Ty Washington uh, gifted to them at the end of a recruiting cycle. And that was also overlooked that, you know, what is this team if Ty Ty Washington's not on it? Um, and I don't know on paper, the next season's projected roster has anybody as good as Ty Ty has been, or certainly not as, as Oscar has been on, on this current team. Yeah. Have you been surprised how good Ty Ty has been, or did you expect him to be this good? Um, I, I, I thought he would play on the, you know, it would be really interesting as good as severe Wheeler has been in a lot of big spots. It would be really interesting to see Ty Ty play a full season of college basketball for Cal on the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we, you know, his first game that he got to do that, he got 17 assists and, right. and broke John Wall's record. And that would have been a really fun kind of trajectory to follow over the course of a season. Um, cause I think he wasn't really in his, you know, what was his natural position coming in and kind of has had to find his way. Um, so at the beginning of the season, you know, I thought he would be better, but he's probably the, you know, the past couple of two, three weeks, he's probably been better than, than I thought it would be. So it's just kind of been a, not a night and day, but kind of two, two kind of different seasons for him. And now that he's rolling, I mean, it, you know, he's, He's, you know, without a doubt, one of the best freshmen in the country and, and certainly outplaying his recruiting ranking. Uh, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I mean, I, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Just at how, to me, he just seems like a very mature player. He lets the game come to him. He doesn't rush things. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's, you know, I think he's got a chance to be, he's, been, he's pretty good right now. And I think he's got a chance to be really good uh, moving forward. Uh, so that's why I was curious yeah. about whether, you know what? What you thought of him? Just to what is you know what what the hype was for him coming in, coming to Kentucky yeah. in the first place. Yeah, and I think his evolution there also kind of like like you say. I mean, I think a a lesser player goes through those early struggles, even maybe just goes through the Duke game and kind of gets down on himself, and it takes a lot longer, maybe even takes a season for him to recover from that. Um, but Ty Ty, and that was his reputation coming in was he was just this strong willed, um, you know, smart, uh, just kind of tough kid who you throw adversity at him. He's going to figure out a way to, to, to make it through. And, you know, he, he would have played a different role at a lot of other schools and thrived probably earlier in the process, but it, it speaks volumes about the, I think the type of player and the type of type of person he is that, that he's able to kind of take those early adversities and, and turn it into a positive in in relatively short order to, to come back the way he did um, and, and kind of carve out a, kind of a new role for him and just absolutely thrive in it. Uh, it just speaks volumes about his future. I think a couple more things, Ben, before I let you go. Uh, okay. Shading aside, what, what where do they stand in recruiting right now? What's going on with recruiting right now? I know some recent rankings came out that looked to me a little, were a little bit surprising. What, what's the current recruiting news? Yeah, for next season, they you know they've still got Casey uh, Wallace, Chris Livingston, and, and Sky Clark coming in. Sky Clark with a miraculous recovery from ACL surgery is back on the court in less than six months after surgery earlier this month. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of rust for him to work off there, but that's, that's a great sign for his future and, and for next Kentucky season that, that he'll be a hundred percent. Um, the, you know, the rankings, uh, it's, a, a lot of those rankings or all the rankings are kind of, they're projecting these guys as NBA players, not necessarily college players. I think case Wallace has a chance to be one of the best college guards, certainly one of the best freshman guards in the country next season. Um, just the way, and I think he's the perfect fit for Cal. He, he's just that defensively minded. He's kind of a, I compared him the other day to, I don't know if you remember Gerald Fitch, the way he was, his, especially his first couple of seasons where the teams that he was on and the personnel around him, they didn't need Gerald Fitch to, to score 25 points a game, but he would go out and I, I, just the way he rebounded for a, a guard of his size was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of that, you know, do, 
whatever the team needs on any given night that that Cal's always looking for in recruiting. And I think he's found that with Case. And then not only has he found that, he's found a, a kid who's just super talented on top of it. Like he he doesn't need to be this role player. He he could he could go out and be a star. Um, has that talent. Um, Chris Livingston, I still think can be you know a top two or three player in the class. He, he's just I, I think he's. You know, he was always the star. The I mean, his numbers you know, on his team in Akron were ridiculous. I mean, they were video game numbers. And he's playing this season for Oak Hill, which I think will really help him uh, in the future, just because he's he's getting to play with other five star players, and, and that's going to be a big deal when he gets to Kentucky next season. And he's still learning his role. You know, he struggled some this season. He's kind of he's had great games. He's had some games where he hasn't played so well. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the stats and results reflect that, but it's going to help him a, a great deal when he gets to Kentucky. And uh, I think he's going to be really good for him next season. And then with Sky, um, you know, you never know coming off an injury like that. But the games that I've gotten to watch over the past couple of weeks, the point guard skills, the vision, the playmaking is all still there. It's just a matter of kind of, you know, getting your legs back under you, so to speak, and, and, and then getting that shot home. But uh, they're from an offensive standpoint. I don't think anybody's ever worried about Sky Clark because before that injury, he was one of the most dynamic scorers in the country. And and from what we've seen so far, there's there's no reason to think he he won't return to that once he kind of gets back into into full game shape. Okay, and then last but not least, uh, what are your thoughts about this game? We're as I say, we're recording this on Friday uh, afternoon. Well, uh, almost afternoon. Uh, big game tomorrow, Kentucky and Auburn. Uh, Auburn number two in the country. How good was Jabari Smith? I mean, was he rated as the top or one of the top players coming out uh, after uh, coming out as a freshman this year? Because it seems like everything you look at for mock drafts for next year, if he's not at the top, he's pretty close. Talking about Auburn's yeah, I mean, freshman. He, uh, you know, he's he's a little um, <clears throat> a little young for his class. Actually, uh, I remember at USA camp. Um, they kind of split them into different age groups and, you know, they had Chet Holmgren, uh, some of the others that are in this, this freshman class, uh, in one building. And then they had Jabari just lighting up everybody else in the other building because really? he was kind of <laughs> on that cutoff age wise. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he, by the end, uh, especially by his senior season, he was in that, in that top five range, uh, back into the top five range. And, you know, and people who have watched Auburn this season have seen it. His game just perfectly suits the the current direction of the NBA, just because of his size, his his skill level, his shooting ability. Um, you just don't. It was amazing watching him at some of those camps because you got this six ten guy out here just draining three pointers um, and playing within the offense to do it, and just looking so smooth. I mean. You know, from the waist up, you think this is like a six four, six five shooting guard, um, but then he goes out and gets these athletic rebounds and is blocking shots. And so, you know, I, I think he's just perfectly suited for the for the NBA. If if I had the number one pick, that's who I would take. Uh, and and anybody who's watched Auburn, um, you know, knows what I'm talking about there and understands where why these mock drafts have him so high. But yeah, he was he was fun to watch as a recruit. Um, and it's been even more fun to watch, especially with the the pace of this Auburn team. Um, you know, with, with the guys that, that he has around him. That 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 uh, uh, the Auburn game the other night. Um, 
Alabama game was just was so much fun to watch, right. just back and forth. And you know, you th- you thought they had him down, they had him down twelve, and they just come storming right back. So, um, yeah, he's he's been a great addition to the SEC, and and somebody who Kentucky fans aren't going to like the two hours tomorrow probably, but <laughs> if you can catch him against another team, he's a lot of fun to watch. Well, how do you think Kentucky does match with match up with Auburn tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen, I think that that's. You know, it's easy to say that against what probably should be the number one team is a tough matchup. But, uh, you know, just the way the two teams match up, um, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Kentucky's chances in this one just because I don't know who, you know, maybe Jacob Toppin, he's the type of guy who, you know, maybe he takes that next step in this game and he can and he can really frustrate and, and kind of pester Jabari Smith out there, but they don't have a guy i don't think who matches up very well with him um and again he's the number one maybe pick in the draft so it's always going to be difficult to find that matchup but this team specifically i I just don't know has an answer to that and then i mean they're you know you watch them play and and you know they're deep and they run at you and you know cal's kind of been switching back um which which suits his pass and I think suits this team to, to this kind of seven man rotation almost. Right. Uh, but in a game like this, I, I think that's going to be tough to, uh, you know, tough to sustain. And then, you know, if you like that Alabama game showed, you get, you get somebody like Wendell green, um, you know, going and you get him in his rhythm. Uh, and then you got Jabari Smith over on the wing and crashing right. the boards and then running the break it's just tough to handle. The Green Wheeler matchup, I think, is going to be one, um, especially that's going to be a lot of fun to watch because because you know you know Wheeler's going to be up in his face and going to be challenging him defensively, and how Green reacts to that, and then on the flip side, how Wheeler reacts offensively is if Green gets going, is Wheeler going to start forcing stuff? Uh, if, if Wheeler can frustrate Green, how does that affect the rest of Auburn's offense? Um, it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, you know, it, it's it's just it should be it should be a lot of fun just to sit back and and watch how these teams go at each other. Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. It should be a great game. It's going to be a lot of fun from matchup and how team and strategy all the way around. It's going to be a fun game, uh, and it's going to be there's going to be a lot of interesting things still to write about with Shaden Sharp uh, as we how this thing plays out with the developments of this week. And Ben will be all over that. Uh, be sure and follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL and follow him online on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Arrow Leader. And be sure to check out Ben's Next Cats blog. Uh, anything else I need to plug before I let you go, Ben? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, yeah, we'll have, uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot more shading stuff uh, as, as kind of more stuff leaks out, although it, it sounds like his camp's going to be pretty tight lipped for the time being. And, uh, judging from today, uh, I don't think Kyle's going to give us a whole lot new yeah. on this situation either uh, anytime soon. So um, I think it's just going to be a lot of speculation, uh, you know, from from that standpoint. But yeah, a lot, obviously a lot of other stuff to, to look at. And we'll have a lot more uh, next week related to non shade and sharp recruiting items on the block. So be sure and everybody be sure and look for that. As always, Ben, thanks for being on the podcast. We always appreciate it. Yep. Thanks a lot, John.
Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader in Kentucky.com. Follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. Check out his Next Cats recruiting blog on Kentucky.com and all of his coverage of UK recruiting on Kentucky.com. And in the print edition of the Herald Leader, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Give us a ratings and a review, no matter where you find the podcast. That helps, just help get the word out about the podcast. Also, want to remind you, you can get a sports-only Sports Pass digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our sports coverage, all of Ben's coverage, all of the UK basketball, UK football, UK athletics, columns, high school, all for $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab. That'll tell you which you, take you where you need to go check, to check out all the offers for subscriptions to the print edition of the Arrow Leader or digitally at Kentucky.com. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. We really appreciate that, and we really appreciate Ben being on the podcast. So that'll do it for this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.